Hey everybody, thanks for coming to the Mill Spec Believer podcast. I'm Ryan McCary and kind of got a pretty heavy subject today. So up front, uh, I'm sure if you read the title, then you could kind of see why. Um, It's been a really good week for me and uh, definitely just feel really filled up, if you will, from some of the resources that have been in front of me. Um, a lot of men who love the Lord deeply, um, I've just been able to be ministered to by them through their work, whether it be sermons or, um, books. Um, anyways, definitely. I I know I push on here, get in the word, get in prayer, and that's obviously forefront. Those are the things that I think you guys should be doing to fill yourself, Uh, But I also think it's helpful in addition to that uh, to uh, seek out those who are uh, heroes in the faith, those who have um, been bold before us uh, in order to kind of reflect on what God has shown them. And that's always been super helpful to me to reflect on other resources. Uh, Big resource, uh, Morning and Evening by uh, Charles Spurgeon. Every day you can download an app and he has uh, a verse uh, in the morning and the evening and kind of uh, a reflection on the verses uh, that's super biblical and uh, very, very encouraging. I, I always leave reading those feeling filled up and and being encouraged. So that I'll put the link to that in the notes. And then also kind of what I'm pulling a lot of this episode from uh, speaking about hell is uh, Sinclair Ferguson. Uh, He is, wow, such an amazing uh, minister of the faith, and he is just very bold in his understanding and his uh, exposition of uh, God's Word. And he has a sermon, I'll I'll tag that to this podcast as well, uh, talking about eternal judgment, talking about uh, hell, and why it's necessary, and and how could how could a loving God send people to hell? And anyways, I don't want you to think everything I'm saying in this podcast, this episode, is my own thoughts. You know, I'm definitely pulling my notes from from listening to his sermon. So if you want to listen to his sermon, you can. I uh, kind of have more condensed version through this podcast. So either way, I'm excited you guys are here. Excited to get into today's episode. Uh, last parting shot. Follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, so we can connect on there. I love uh, getting to hear from you guys, getting to be encouraged by you guys, and hopefully you guys have been encouraged as well. So, all right, episode 13. Um, let's get into it. So, I think the best way to explain why hell, this place of eternal judgment, is necessary. Um, I think there is a military example we can give to kind of cage our brains as to like why, uh, why hell is necessary. And the statement I'm going to pose before getting into that is if hell is the punishment of not having a relationship with Jesus Christ, if hell is the punishment for, uh, your sins, you know, and if you're not looking as Christ as your savior to uh, be your representation 
uh, for his perfect life, his sacrifice. If you're not looking to Christ, then ultimately you will be judged according to your sins. And the crime, if you're going to hell, the crime has to be enormous, right? Like this is eternity. This is forever. We have to see the size of our crime in order to understand why it's necessary. And so humanity as a whole has committed a crime against God and we ourselves individually have as well on a daily basis. So how can I explain this from a military example? Well, we have a rank structure in uh, the military, right? You get in, you're an E1 across all the services, basically means the same thing. You don't know anything, you just showed up, you have zero time in service. Um, picture, picture yourself as an E1, and let's say you're with another E1, and you guys are joking with each other, and let's say you disrespect that fellow E1. What's the repercussions for one E1 uh, disrespecting another E1? And if you don't know what an E1 is, sorry, let me pause real quick. An E1 is uh, you have the enlisted structure, E1 through E9. Those are the ranks that you get throughout your time in the enlisted uh, side of the military. And then as you progress to officer, it becomes O1. So it's not E anymore. It's O1, and it goes up from there. So anyways... You get in the military as an E1, you disrespect another E1, there's really not that much repercussion from that, right? Like, your buddies, your friends, you're the same rank, it really doesn't mean anything. Now, if, if you up the ante on that a little bit, okay, now you're you're disrespecting a E3 or an E4, you know, as you start getting into like a sergeant rank, someone who's a supervisor, if you're disrespecting that guy dude, your life is going to suck. Like that dude is going to smoke you. He's going to PT you because he's in charge of you in the first place. So, I mean, it's his call. Like, Hey guys, we're going to go do some group PT because such and such is a turd and this is just the way it is. So let's up the ante even more. Uh, let's say, uh, a captain, right? An O3, you have a captain and you have an E1 and this E1 day one in the military is coming in and acting like his crap doesn't stink and he's showing up and just being a complete turd. Like you guys are starting to see this, right? Like what? Like the the more and more the experience level goes up of the the affected individual, the more and more it makes sense to our brains to be like, dude, that dude is dead, right? Like at the sergeant level it kind of starts as a PT punishment. And then it kind of starts turning into paperwork, right? And let's take it to the ultimate ultimate ends of the spectrum. You have the E1, day one, and he is disrespecting a five-star general, right? Five-star general, he's getting disrespected. Like, this dude isn't getting smoked with PT at this point. This dude is getting paperwork. This dude is getting court-martialed. Like, he's getting an Article 15. Like, he is getting an additional punishment more so than what he would have gotten for whatever he did to a sergeant. You know what I mean? So, you can kind of see what I'm saying as the the punishment fits the crime. Even more so, y'all. God is our creator. 
we are his creation. At the beginning of time, he made humanity, he made the earth, he made the universe. We are his creation. And let me emphasize this, we are not a needed creation. He made us out of want and not out of need, primarily to be his creature. He made us to worship him. He made us to adore him for eternity. This is the life he created us for. This is what we were made to do. You can look at even just the earth. You can look at his creation and see, wow, he is an awesome, perfect God. Our whole life was designed to bring glory and praise to him and to enjoy him forever. And we can look at scripture, we can look at uh, biblical history, and we can even look at our own lives, and we can see that the verse is true. Although they knew God, they neither glorified God or gave him thanks. That's true of Adam and Eve, and that's true of us. And this lays the foundation for a just judgment. Like, let me, let me make this clear. God is perfect. He has never sinned, and he is perfect. In every characteristic that he has, he is perfect. That means his love is perfect, but also his righteousness is perfect. And as the judge, he is perfect, meaning if someone does something wrong, if he's judging that, it's... It's sinful for him to not be just. Does that make sense? So he is perfect in his judgment too, is what I'm trying to get at. And if we look at us, if we look at our hearts, if we look at the history, we have rebelled against God. We have rebelled against our Heavenly Father And nothing is more twisted in the entire universe than a son who will not honor his father, his creator. Like, we were made to do that. Like, we can can even look in our little earthly brains and, and think about if we have kids. What if our son rebels against us? You know, like we, we're raising him, we wiped his butt, we, we fed him, we gave him everything he needed, and he's turning against us? What? You know, like that kind of goes, that, that makes sense to us as a confusing thing. We're like, that's not cool. Um, even more so with an eternal, perfect, holy creator, God. So I hope this is somewhat making sense to you guys. Uh, I know it's kind of a heavy topic. Um, So let me back up real quick and state this. You will get this question. I know the whole point of this podcast is to be bold, right? You guys are going out into your squadrons, to your workplace, and you're trying to encourage those around you and trying to point them to Jesus. You will have people ask you if if God is a God of love, how come he sends people to hell? Like that is a mic drop for the unbeliever. That is a mic drop for an atheist or for whatever, you know, like, cause God is perfectly love. That's right. But the truth is guys, he's also perfect in his judgment. 
So if we, if we continue to look at God's judgment, and I think the best thing you can do is look at what's God's history of judgment. Um, and I think we have two key examples in Scripture to look at so we can kind of wrap our heads around God's judgment. Um, first off, I think we have Noah. Um, surely you guys know who Noah is. If not, um, the entire world was in chaos. The entire world was sinful and um, did not love God. They did not look to God, kind of like the verse I was reading earlier. But Noah was considered righteous, and Noah was looking to God. And God told Noah to build a boat. He built the boat. He followed what God was asking him to do, and God spared him and his family and uh, two of each animal on the earth. Everything else was uh, subject to God's judgment. They all died, right? They all died in the flood. Um, And so that's a prime example of... God acting out his judgment and his righteous judgment on the earth. What happens after that, though? Uh, If you read the entire story, then you can see that there's a rainbow following the flood. And God covenanted, God promised to be patient with this fallen world moving forward. That doesn't mean he's going to just allow crap to hit the fan always, forever, but he he basically promises never to flood the earth again. And with that, we can kind of look to themes such as common grace. And that could be a whole podcast in itself, but just to touch on it for a second, basically common grace is saying, hey, even if you don't love God, even if you are against him, you still have common grace. You're still alive. You're not executed on spot right now. Uh, you still are living out your life here on earth, awaiting the judgment to come, basically. Um, like I said, you're getting to breathe air. Uh, you might uh, receive blessings on this earth, but this is common grace. All of this patience is as he awaits the outworking of his plan and the coming of his ultimate judgment. He has poured out privileges and blessing on us in his patienceness. He, even as believers, leads us through trials to bring us closer to a true understanding of him. And ultimately, guys, like his ultimate act of mercy in the midst of this patient time He sends us Christ. He sends us his own son to live perfectly and be a sacrifice for his children so that we can have a relationship with him. This is the ultimate act of patience. This is the ultimate act of love from God. Um, And that's the second example. We have Noah and we also have Christ to see God's judgment poured out. Like Christ didn't just die on the cross and that was... That was a painful death, but that was it. That's what he had to do. No, Christ bore our sin. He died on the cross, bore our sin, and God God cannot be with sin. And so God turned his back on Christ. And Christ calls out while he's on the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And, And this is the biggest thing, guys. The enormity of the judgment 
is dependent on the glory of the relationship. And the glory of this relationship between us and God is a non-necessary creature to a glorious creator. Again, guys, we were made for infinite praise and glory. For an infinite God who is infinitely holy. And therefore, our sin against God takes on an infinite quality. He is infinite God. He is infinitely holy and therefore calls for an infinite judgment for anything against him. I hope this is making sense to you guys. We have to view sin for what it is. We have to view God for his holiness. Just like that general in front of the E1, even more so God to his creation. He made us from dust. He made us from dirt. And he breathed into us in order to give us life. And so when we, I think as we start to see the context of who we are and who God is, it starts to make a lot more sense um, why there is necessary judgment. And if we look at all this in its context, the true, profound, amazing question isn't why does, if God loves people, why does he send them to hell? The true, profound, amazing question turns into how can he save sinners? How are we not dead already in this very moment? And it's his grace, guys. He loves us so much, but he's also a perfect judge. I hope this was helpful, guys. Like Again, I know this is somewhat heavy. Um, it was really heavy sermon as I was listening to Sinclair Ferguson talk about this, but... Dude, when, when we get past the heaviness of this and you start to look at Christ even more so from what he saved you from, dude, it, the gospel becomes so much prettier as you can look to, wow, what have I really done against God? Man, like the gospel is so much bigger and so much prettier. And it, it's just, man, I was just at joy following these these resources, following these sermons because Man, God is such an awesome God. He is so perfect. And even though I have fallen so short, man, he is He is righteous and he looks to Christ. He doesn't see me. He doesn't see my sin. He sees Christ's sacrifice on the cross. When God is looking at you, he's not looking at your little sins that you are committing. He's not looking at the big sins you are committing. He sees Christ. If you are his child... He sees Christ. And wow, guys, like that is that is an amazing truth. That is an encouraging truth. And that is enough to fill your cup every day in order to give you the strength to go out and seek to serve him. That is the only when I when I tell you guys the gospel is what empowers you to go live your life as a believer. This is what I'm talking about, guys. Like that is the gospel. Realize what he has saved you from, because it's eternal it's eternal damnation like i i know i didn't go into a long laundry list of what we can expect hell to be but i can tell you that it's without god i can tell you that it's purely without him 
And that is a dark, dark place to be without God. Everyone is experiencing common grace on this earth, but hell will be without common grace. It will be without the common blessings that God has given to those, even those who hate him. So I love you guys. Um, Again, I wanted to give you guys this resource. I wanted to give you guys this topic because you will hear this. And I feel like I'm doing a disservice to you guys talking about, hey, go tell people about God, but not hitting on this truth. Uh, because you will be asked this. I have been asked this, and I've I, I've had to wrestle with this because I didn't I didn't know the answer. And I hope you guys can view this episode for what it is. Uh, I know it's kind of darker. I know it's kind of sadder. But wow, guys! Like, if you have Christ in your heart, what a blessing, the ultimate blessing. So I hope you guys have a good week, can go forward in your week and reflect on this. Again, guys, I'm going to put the link to that sermon in this uh, notes of this podcast because it is a huge blessing if you have time to go listen to it. Definitely do that. He's way better at talking about this than I am, but thanks for sticking through this episode and uh, hanging out with me for a little bit, and I will talk to you guys next week. See ya.